Welcome to the Energy Upgrade Podcast. Hey, I'm Vanessa, and I'm obsessed with all things health, energy, entrepreneurship, motherhood, and living my best life. I'm here to give you actionable steps in reclaiming your energy and reconnecting with your power. I'm a certified integrated health practitioner and kinesiologist. I spent the past decade with a focus on skin health and age prevention while co-founding a network of medical aesthetic clinics on the west coast of Canada. After healing myself from burnout, mold, heavy metal, and all the things, I'm back to my passion for health optimization, and I'm lucky enough to coach high-achieving women just like you in finding their energy and life force back transforming their life so they can step into the highest version of themselves has energized me and inspired me to bring to life this podcast. Here, I'll talk about detox, lifestyle, mindset, supplements, breathwork, parasites, (laughs) and everything in between. I know you're so busy, so I keep it under 30 minutes. Thank you for being here. Cozy up and let's get started. Your energy is your life force. You want to be able to magnetize your wildest dreams. A liver detox is the fastest way to start healing. You can and you will. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Energy Upgrade. I'm your host, Vanessa. And today I have a special episode for you because I got to record it live from Nosara, Costa Rica with a very special human being and dear friend. In today's episode, I'm having a conversation with psychotherapist Danita Harty, who specializes in healing yourself from limiting beliefs that are keeping you small, healing your nervous system so that you can finally live life fully. Danita and I met in 2019 when we moved from Vancouver to the Okanagan Valley of British Columbia. Our sons were in the same preschool classroom and headed off immediately. We started to hang out more and more to realize how aligned our families were. Danita has been on her own transformative journey where she decided to take a hard look at her core beliefs that were keeping her in a limited narrative. She looked at her core wounds and decided to heal process and reframe it all. It's like she went into this cocoon to do her shadow work and came out of it as this beautiful butterfly living life with intention, stepping into her full feminine power and manifesting like a queen. She's such an inspiring force of nature, and I'm truly excited for you to listen to her today. I personally started working with Danita in the summer of 2022. I had been working hard at healing myself, learning to slow down, detoxing from all the things, removing liver congestion, moving with intention, and yet I could feel that something deeper needed to happen. Change was happening, but I could feel there was more. And Danita was the one who helped me put my finger on some of the limiting beliefs and thoughts I had been repeating silently in my head over and over. It became really evident that those thoughts and beliefs were keeping in the were getting in the way of that deep healing I was craving. More layers needed to be peeled back, and she cracked me right open. She first gave me a glance at what my body had been holding through a brain tapping session where I got to reprocess both my birthing experiences. 
And I'll share more about that during our conversation today. But boy, it showed me how our bodies undoubtedly keep the score. I wanted to have this conversation today with Danita because most high achieving women I work with, and I include myself here, are hoping for quick results. I need my energy back now. I want to lose the weight now. I want to stop feeling so stressed now. Do you recognize yourself here? Well, there's lots we can do now. There's also more that is asking to be released. And it doesn't necessarily come in the form of food, exercise, meditation, or anything like that. It comes in the form of stuffed pain, unprocessed emotions, and wounds that keep our nervous system in this fight-or-flight state despite all our best efforts to relax. It's an important piece of the puzzle, and it's often overlooked. This isn't an easy topic to discuss in 30 minutes, let me tell you. We literally could have gone for hours. However, my hope is that this conversation raises your awareness on perhaps something you've been avoiding, I know I was, and the role it can play in in your healing, your transformation, your realignment with that highest version of yourself that is so ready to come out. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with the inspiring Danita. Well, hello. Hello, Danita. Hi, Vanessa. (laughs) So nice to have you here and for me to be in your home. I know, in Costa Rica. Can you believe it? This is so special. Um, Everyone listening. So currently we're recording this while my family and I are traveling in Costa Rica. We came to visit your beautiful family and to be inspired by your wonderful lifestyle and this beautiful transition you've been going through. Amazing. Thank you. Um, we're actually in Nassara in Costa Rica, and it is one of the most beautiful places just to come and really shift your belief system and kind of awaken yourself to new ideas and new possibilities. And it's the perfect spot for that. So we're so happy you're here. And you've already given me in just 10 days so much to ponder <laughs> upon. And so let's maybe share with the wonderful women listening. I thought we could talk about everything that you've enlightened me to um, with regards to limiting beliefs, core beliefs, and how they can get in the way when we're trying to heal ourselves. And maybe you can talk about how, yeah, like, where do we start? (laughs) It's a big loaded question. It is. There's so much there. Um, I think we're just going to start with just kind of the basic, the easiest things. Actually, the first thing that Vanessa and I did was we just touched on just different beliefs that we have, the the beliefs that we currently are holding that aren't necessarily our own. Mm -hmm. uh, And they came from somewhere else. And where did they come from? And how come we have them? That was kind of the starting point for us. And then also that just touches on what do we think about ourselves? What are our everyday thoughts that we have about ourselves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those ones can be pretty loud. They can be pretty loud. And they're kind of, they're also basic in the sense that so many people think these this way. I'm not good enough. How many of us have all thought I'm not good enough? Okay. I don't know. I haven't yet to meet a person that has never thought I'm not good enough. Yeah. And so basically it's just creating this awareness the first step is creating that awareness of what thoughts we're having about ourselves and then how they're actually stopping us in. For example, Vanessa's journey is in like a healing journey. Yep. Um, what, how are they holding us back? So 
we took a look at that actually. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to bring this up because a lot of the women that come to me, they're wanting to lose weight, feel better. And they've done all the things they've mm-hmm. tried all the things. And that is usually the one nugget, you know, that one key to the puzzle they haven't looked at. And for me, it was a big aha moment when we started working together because we just hold all these old patterns and the way we think to ourselves is of course going to influence how our body is responding. A hundred percent. It also even, it impacts um, like our cortisol levels, our actual health. Yeah. So besides the fact that these thoughts are holding us back from maybe pursuing opportunities or trying new things or giving us these ideas of like symptoms of depression and anxiety, it also just really affects our health and like the physiological response that we're feeling. So, you know, exactly putting us into this state of stress or fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, the spikes in cortisol increase significantly. So that is one of the number one things to connect your health and the thoughts that you have about yourself is that there is an actual physiological response that your body is feeling from the thoughts that you have. It's, it's so wild because, you know, we should be connected and it's like, we've disconnected ourselves from the doing and the being, you know, we're pushing, pushing, pushing. And especially if I think back of me, how I was living my life was just this, like, this got to be done. We got to do this. And then meanwhile, these patterns, these thoughts are kind of like molding who we become. And now, so how does one start to reconnect all of that? That's the big, you know, where do you start? And you've mentioned awareness. Right. So awareness. So I actually, what I do with people is literally go through a list of 75, 80, a hundred beliefs and say, okay, which ones have you ever thought? Which ones have you ever felt? When I say these to you, how triggered are you? Yes. Are you like, oh my gosh, that's me. (laughs) Oh no, that's me. And you're just sitting there and you're thinking, but that one, maybe it's not that bad. Yeah. You know, like there's one, for example, that we worked on, um, if I can share totally is, um, I'm responsible for everyone. And you kind of think like, well, is that it's such a bad thing to yeah. feel like I'm responsible? But at the end of the day, it just puts so much pressure on yourself mm-hmm. to constantly be the one that's responsible for doing yes. rather than being. And there's so many other beliefs that come to us that are like that. They're almost these hidden beliefs that we think are valuable, mm-hmm. but really are just holding us back from living our true nature and how we want to. I also like to think of it as, you know, 70% of me might be great and content and I feel like I'm doing everything I can. And there's this last 30% that's just wondering what is going on. Mm-hmm. And those I think are the patterns and the core beliefs that we have and the core wounds that we have that we haven't necessarily dealt with. I also like to kind of call it the the shadow side, totally. you know, the stuff that we don't want to look at. Yeah. And we push it away and we ignore it because it's just too much for us to handle. And that's where those thoughts come in. And those, those beliefs that we're talking about is that they belong in that 30%. And we don't really want to analyze them because they're too intense. They're too intense. And if I just look back at the experience when we did it together, there's one that really jumped at me. And I, 
I never, it never occurred to me before you mentioned it. And it was, um, of course, this happens to me because there's something wrong with me. There's mm. something wrong with me. That one I never realized, but I, I've just been going through life with this going on this loop all the time. And it's until you mentioned it and it, I was so triggered and I was like, uh Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a big one. And of course, when you think of that in the context of health and, and healing, That's exactly it. Of course, if I'm thinking that there's something wrong with me, Oh, there you go. That's why I'm sick. Oh, me again. You know, then of course you go down this vortex and, there's no positive that comes out of it. Well, or... it becomes your story. That's so anytime thing. you're told something, um, for example, I have a thyroid condition yeah. um, or symptoms of thyroid. And anytime something came up around that, it's like, oh, well, there's something wrong with my thyroid. There's something wrong with me. It becomes your excuse. You're it... not doing the work. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now once you've put your finger on one or many because there's more than one, right? <laughs> yes. And I actually want to just say that before we go a little bit deeper, I think where Vanessa is going to be taking us is that this, this idea of there is something wrong with me is also connected to something deeper within us. Mm-hmm. And so it's finding one, we have this belief. Okay. And then what is it connected to and where did it start? And what is the wound that we have that's associated with it? So finding that out, it's, it's the deeper level of connecting where we have felt. Yeah, you took me back. Oh, my goodness. And maybe we can talk about this process of like brain spotting. Yeah. So there's there's a couple different processes that you can use in actually to take you back and travel along your nervous system mm-hmm. to find where these memories and these events and these beliefs actually started from or came from. So what happens is, is that the nervous system holds every single imprint we've ever had in our life from an event or a challenge or an experience or someone telling us something. Yes. How many times did a doctor tell you there's something wrong with you or implied it in some way? And that just leaves this imprint in us. And so what we do is we actually travel from the forebrain to the hindbrain, the limbic system, the subconscious, down and through the nervous system. And we find and locate where all of these events or memories or thoughts came from and where they first started. And then we go through every single time you've ever felt them. So these are all techniques used in trauma therapy, things like EMDR, eye movement desensitization, reprocessing, brain spotting, somatic healing. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people go into hypnosis. They can do something similar, not necessarily the same thing. Um, But what we do is we travel along that nervous system and find those events. And then we actually sit in them. So this is the heart. (laughs) This is where it gets challenging and hard is you travel back to that time. The first time it ever happened. Uh, the the worst time that it's ever happened to you, mm-hmm. that you felt that way, the most recent time you've ever felt that way. And then we sit in them and we feel the pain of it. We feel all five senses associated with it. We allow the brain to go where it needs to go in order to really feel that event fully. Because what often has happened is that the event happened and our brain didn't know how to 
deal with it or manage it or process it. The word that we use is process. Didn't know how to process it because one, we were too little. Maybe we didn't have the skills. Yeah. We didn't know how to. Mm-hmm. Um, two, it was so overwhelming that the brain couldn't. Mm-hmm. It, was such, it was a big trauma. And so the brain just said, no, I can't, I can't do that. I'm not going to process that. Survival. Survival. Yeah. And then, um, or three, you know, it had happened so many times in our life that lives that it just started to become like a pattern that we just felt it. And then our brain just was, you know, was almost saying, well, it's happening so often that I believe it. Wow. (laughs) So that is kind of the, the explanation of how the brain tries to process an event in a memory and how it becomes in a, a negative belief. Okay. Or a core belief. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's another big one. It is. Let's save that for another day. Okay. The core beliefs, unless you want to go there. No, but the core beliefs are not core wounds. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, core wounds is something else, you guys. We'll do (laughs) another episode on that because it's a big one. Yeah. Um. So the brain spotting is what you prefer. That's where you find you get the best results with your clients. It really is. So I use EMDR with clients, and then um. Brain spotting is almost a step further than EMDR in the sense, in my opinion, in the sense that you are using the gaze of your eyes to find where you look affects how you feel. So say uh, we bring your gaze high up and to the left. The memory might be um, quite intense, really powerful. You might almost start sobbing just from thinking about it. And then if you were to bring your gaze down and to the left, it might ease off and you not, it might not feel as powerful. So what we do is we find the gaze or the point that your body wants to process at. Sometimes it's too in, too powerful to go to that high intensity right away. And you need to a little bit of time in a lower gaze spot in order to process. And the, the gaze, memory. is that related to where it's, where that memory is located in the brain? That's right, Vanessa. So what happens is, is that gaze finds, travels along the neural pathway and finds where that event is located in the hindbrain, but also in the limbic system. So in your nervous system. And then that's actually where you're gazing will also bring up um, somatic experiences within your body. All of a sudden your chest might start feeling tight. Your shoulder could hurt. Like you might not have had a shoulder pain in forever. And all of a sudden your shoulder is aching and you're wondering why. And these are all a somatic reaction to where we're gazing affects how we feel as we think about certain memories or certain thoughts and certain beliefs that we have. Okay. So we need to share what you did with me the first time we did it. Sure. Um, Do you want to say something first? I do. I think I should say the other part of processing a memory is that what we want to do is actually take a memory and turn take it from the left side of the brain to the right side of the brain, the right side of the brain to the left side of the brain and bring it back and forth. And we use sound, mm-hmm. bilateral or binaural beats mm-hmm. in order to bring that memory back and forth. And that's how the brain actually has time and space to look at that memory and feel that memory from every direction. Yeah. And and does that move that's like whatever stuck emotion it, moves it, out? Right. It moves the, the intensity of it. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that the memory didn't happen. No. It happened. The grief is still... Yeah there associated with it but the intensity and our reactions to it shift so that's the whole goal of it is that our reactions from that memory are no longer dictated by the intensity or the outcome of the belief that Mm -hmm. we now feel about it so we can shift the belief that we feel feel about that memory Mm -hmm. wow 
It's one of those things you got to try it <laughs> to believe it, right? Yeah. Because the first time you told me about this, I was like, okay, yes, I can kind of see it. Mm -hmm. But then we were just chatting last time you visited um, us in Quebec when you were on your way to Costa Rica. Um, we were just chatting away one night and we decided we started talking about our, our birth experiences. Mm -hmm. And you looked at me and you're like, okay, yeah, you're holding some trauma there. Like we need to do, we need to do a session. So the next morning we went on the dock on the lake. It was a beautiful morning. Mm -hmm. And you, I had no idea what to expect. You've put these binaural beats in, in, I had that in my ears and then you were holding whatever, I think it was a, a fishing rod or something. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think. And, and then you just, you just asked me to go back to that time. And I, we started with when I had Thomas, which I had two kind of emergency C-sections and none of them were great. And I was just clearly, I never really thought of it, but clearly I was holding some trauma there. And funny enough, my scar just wouldn't heal. And so I knew there was something there. And um, you took me down the entire experience, had me look up, right, left, center. And oh my goodness, I felt, and I, first of all, I have no idea how long that session was. Maybe it was like an hour and a half. It was about, yeah, it was hours, about, maybe, I don't know, an yeah. hour, I don't know. It was almost two hours. Yeah, I just completely um, went, I, I don't know where I went. <laughs> But the feelings, it was so insane. Like, like what you said, like having these emotions and pains coming up, like going through this experience. At one point, I remember I thought for sure I was going to be sick. I had this intense nausea that that kind of just came up. Then you asked me to look and then I just sat in it and it just dissolved. And then this headache came and I was like, I'm not, wow, I, like I cannot function with this. Like I won't be able to continue and then you sit in it and then it just melts away. And then I, I even felt where they put the needle in my back. Mm -hmm. And I, and it was so interesting because I, I'm always sore in that spot and never made the connection. And it all came back to me when I went there and I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's where the needle came in. And that's where I'm always sore in my back. And so we sat in it and processed it. And we re like we went from this C-section, emergency C-section that happened in literally 30 seconds. It was like bright, flashing LED light, surgical room to we were able to reprocess it to, you know what? Baby's healthy. I'm healthy. Lights are dimmed. Like now when I think back of this event, I have a completely, like it's completely different. So you've helped me. Thank you. You've helped me reprocess this this traumatic experience and now since I tell everybody <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> if you've had a kid if you're a woman and you've had a baby especially if you had a baby at the hospital there's a huge amount of trauma attached to that whether we like it or not whether we think about it or not because there's so many things, people, needles being poked at you, people going in, people going out. Like there's just, it's so much to be able to process all of it that we just don't because then we, first thing we know is we have a baby and we have to just 
take care of the baby. Yeah. Take care of the baby. And then I guess our brain is going in survival mode. So we never go back and process what I was, what just happened. I was just going to say, so when you're giving birth, you're in survival mode. This is, yeah, this is life, right? (laughs) We're surviving. We're giving birth. So there is no time when you're in survival mode, you cannot process an event that happens. Mm -hmm. It is your brain is already in the fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. You are doing everything to live. You are not thinking about the fact that someone's coming in and giving you an epidural. Yeah. You're not. No. Or giving me, in my case, they just gave me so much stuff. I was so high. Yeah. And I was holding a lot of frustration, anger, resentment. Around that. Around that. Because I didn't want to feel like that. I wanted to be present. But it happened all so fast that I lost control. And that's a big one for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So yeah, it's, it's such a powerful experience. And I just felt after when, once we were done, just felt so light. It's like this, I don't know, there's like a heaviness that had just moved out. Um, I like to say when you sit in the heavy, mm-hmm. you can live in the light. Yeah. But it's not something I could ever have done on my own. Like it's not something that you can try to wing you know, doing it on your own. There's, there's steps you can definitely take to start creating this awareness and say, okay, yeah, this, this is when I do things. And okay, these are my trigger points. And okay, yeah, I can see how I have this belief, Mm -hmm. but your body resists pain at all costs. Like that's what it wants to do. It doesn't Mm -hmm. want to feel the pain. Mm -hmm. So for you to try to take your own brain nervous system into pain, it is extremely challenging. Yeah. Because uh, it, it doesn't want to go there. It exactly. wants to leave. And so it's someone to hold the space for you and to create the environment where you feel safe and secure enough to actually go to that space. Totally. So we actually also like to talk about creating almost a container in our brain that when something happens, you put that event in the container and you say, I'm going to get to you. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to come back. I'm going to sit with you. We're going to spend time together and I'm going to process that. So it doesn't, have a a future reaction Mm. but that container is so important because that gives us the idea that this event isn't going to dictate my life yeah it happened I'm going to give it time and I'm going to go to a safe environment where I feel I can actually process it Mm. reframe it Mm -hmm. and give it the time it needs yeah and it's so powerful and I mean that's why I wanted you to talk about this because like my childbirth experience is like what I, what I would consider like a small T trauma. Right. But so many people, and I'm, I'm grateful enough that I haven't experienced like massive traumas. Like, like there's so many that we could talk about, but if someone has experienced that, do you process it the same way? Like a big T trauma, a big you t- go about it the same way. In the whole like grand scheme of it, yes. You go in, you look at the big T, the trauma, and you process it using the same sort of techniques. Mm -hmm. However, if it's a big T trauma and you have went numb to it, we have to find it. Yeah. And so there's a a couple different ways that we can do that. We can actually put on um, glasses and then cover one eye. And then one eye might hold the trauma a different way than the other one. And usually big T traumas, we want to start out gently with. For sure. But that's also up to the person. Mm -hmm. So 
I really can't say beforehand whether or not we're going to go at it with all intensity or if we're going to ease into it mm -hmm. because every person is different and what someone can manage is different. Yeah. And the idea that I have and the a lot of the ideas that brain spotters have is that we've lived with this for so long, we're already managing it. Yeah. We've learned to cope with it in the way that we know best, mm -hmm. in the way that we've learned, and we're doing the best that we can with it. Mm -hmm. So sitting in that memory, it's, you're, you've already done it. You're in it 24 seven. You're in it 24 seven. So we can go at it and just say, okay, these are the resources that we have to sit in it and let's do it. And we might go gently or we might go intensely. And there's a bunch of different techniques that we use throughout and different cues that I would be giving mm -hmm. to take you to different spots of that memory. Um, but really it's the same sort of idea, creating the safe nurturing environment where you feel mm -hmm. safe and secure enough to go to that space. Um, we have to find it. So we'll use different techniques to do that. And then we sit in it. Oh, so powerful. And um, I want to go back and touch about the nervous system because that's okay. something I always, always bring up. We cannot reach all these health goals and we cannot transform our bodies, transform our weight, transform our digestive system. If we don't look at the nervous system, it's so big. And especially after what we've been through the past mm -hmm. three years, I feel like it just added a layer that nobody asked for. <laughs> Not only do we have our traumas to deal with, but now we have three years of fear, unknown, no control. Like it's just very, it's a lot. And I see it. I see it in my clients and I'm just like, okay, where do we start when it comes? So in your experience, the brain spotting or even just the awareness of the limiting belief, what have you seen with your clients, like the impact on their health journey, or maybe just on your own? Cause you've been through this beautiful transformation. It's just like, so epic to watch you. <laughs> Thank you. It's like you're a butterfly, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so let me hear the question again. I'm just, I'm just wondering, and I, I know, I know it's not a very clear yeah, question, yeah, but I'm just like, in, like, let's talk about the nervous system again and what, what you're doing, how it impacts it, how it helps to tap into that parasympathetic so we can heal and repair, or maybe just emphasize that if we don't do this work, there's always going to be roadblocks. Okay. The first thing I'm just going to say is I think um, like when you're in the sympathetic nervous system, when you're living in that the past three years, we've lived in it. Mm -hmm. That's what we were living in. Mm -hmm. And so we were in our F mode. I like to call it yeah. fight, flight, freeze, fawn. That's what we lived in. It's pretty hard to um, do anything other than survive when you're mm -hmm. in that mode. Mm -hmm. So we want to actually shift into the parasympathetic nervous system. And that means we have to relax the body. Yeah. But when we're holding so many beliefs mm -hmm. so tightly that they're how we identify ourselves and they're connected to our sympathetic nervous system. It's really hard to move into the parasympathetic nervous system where, where we're able to thrive. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is any belief that's keeping us stuck in an F mode. It's got to go. It's got to go. We have to one, become aware of it, acknowledge it, challenge it, face it, feel the grief of it. Yeah. And then also find out where we feel it in our body. The big one is where do we feel that response mm -hmm. in our body and then feel that and let that go. So is that something that you can bring, let's say in your meditation 
Like, you know, when you have that little voice, that's always mm. like, sometimes clients will share this, um, like, I should be doing this, I should know better, or I have my own, like, and we talked about body image also the other day, yes. just chatting, that's a big one, like, we're so hard on ourselves. So when so when we notice these things, then that's- what do we do? We sit with it in our meditation. That's the first step. You can. Yeah. Um, so when you notice them, often you'll notice them in real life, or you might notice them in your meditation. It just becomes glaringly obvious. Yeah. Like coming at you, pulsing. Mm-hmm. You can sit in that. Definitely. It's when you're feeling remuneration around it that you really want to say, okay, where is this coming from? Why is it coming up? Mm-hmm. And you can do a lot of work with meditation, breath work. Yes. They're a great space to sit with it. Again, you can go as deep as you feel like you're able to, the challenge is, is getting to like the true pain of it because your own mind doesn't want to take you there. Yeah. So it might like assess it, look around it, feel it. You might say, okay, yeah, I feel it in my elbow. Okay. Okay. And you can actually, if you feel it in your elbow, sit with that for a few minutes Mm -hmm. and like, look at your, talk to your elbow (laughs) and okay, what do we got? What's coming up? Yeah. What am I feeling? Yeah. And that's all a part of just learning our bodies and where we're feeling things and where we're holding different emotions and feelings and thoughts. And those that can do so much for us. It can do so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it creates that first, second, third level of change yeah. that we're looking for. Totally. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's, um, it's interesting you're saying the elbow. I've never felt anything in my elbow. Mm-hmm. I usually feel things like in my gut or in my chest and my throat a lot. But yeah, the anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. The body keeps the score. And that's why I love breath work also as a good tool. Like all of it is like it's combination therapy, right? It's all definitely all connected. Yeah. And they're all about just learning our bodies and understanding them and then allowing our bodies to transform and shift as we create, have the tools to do that. Totally. And like you said, and I say this also all the time, it's like when you're in this, when you're in this place in your life where you're thinking, is this it? There's gotta be more. There's gotta be more about life or am I always going to be like low energy? Am I always going to wake up tired? Am I always going to feel like I'm not stepping into that feminine version of me or whatever it is? When you're feeling that, it's because there's been some numbing and stuffing down and it's it's just knocking at the door, right? It's ready to come out. That was definitely my story. Um, And I actually had that moment numerous times over my life, actually starting at age 14, you know, like, is this it? Mm-hmm. At 14, At 14, yeah. you know, I was, I had really painful periods. I, at that point, my thyroid was already not functioning properly. And, you know, I would go home and I would almost hide and pretend that nothing was wrong, but I was tired or, you know, didn't want to go to school because my stomach like had cramps or whatever it yeah. was. And you're just thinking, is this it? Like, is this what it is to be a woman? Mm-hmm. Is this it? Mm-hmm. And at each step that I felt that, you know, you start creating more of an awareness. Okay, what's going on? And being curious about that is where you start to learn. And you really start to learn about your body and shift the way that you're thinking. And so I felt that throughout my life at numerous times. And it was at 38 that I just said, okay, this is it. We're done. We're done. I'm rewriting my story. I am rewriting my story. And I said, this is, is this it? And I said, it's not. 
Mm-hmm. So let's get to it, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and so you you picked up a van, <laughs> packed your family, decided to drive from BC, Kelowna, which is where we met, and drive down to Costa Rica. But first, we drove BC, Kelowna to the East Coast, yes. Montreal, yes, you Halifax, New York, back over to the West Coast, down through to Costa Rica. You did not take the easy road, but that was part of the process. It definitely was. Um, I needed to almost see every part of Canada and every part of the States and just really have that time to trans transform my ideas of what I thought was necessary for us to mm-hmm. live and mm-hmm. to be and how mm-hmm. to feel. And ha- we had all these fears about what, what was it going to be like to co- essentially move here for a while and have the time and the space to to feel all of those mm-hmm. emotions that came up yeah oh my god I feel like we could speak for hours but maybe just to recap it again the importance that if you well everybody we're all ho- holding stuff mm-hmm. all of us whether it's mm-hmm. the big traumas the small traumas the small things that people say to us that we didn't even pay attention to when we were kids um So the idea is to bring awareness to it, especially if you have this feeling, this desire deep down of stepping into this highest version of yourself. If you're craving more for life, this is sort of a necessary stop. It's part of the puzzle. It's not just about losing the weight. It's not just about eating the right way. It's not just about moving your body. It's also about sitting into these emotions, limiting beliefs, thoughts, and shifting them, yeah, changing them, exactly. transforming them so that you become the version of yourself that you already know you are. This gets into something else entirely, but you already know deep down inside of you that there is a different version of you that wants to be here Yes, and knows it can be, but you're kind of wondering like, how, how do I get there? This is one of the one of the steps it's I would say it's like a key one it's the highway it's the highway because then after that is just tweaking it's tweaking your lifestyle and I always say once you've done this work it'll come from you anyway you're going to want to be this healthy version you're you're going to want to feed your and nourish your body the right way like it's so everything changes well, your relationship and your connections, everything in yeah. life, how you how you view nature, your partner, your kids, every food, yes, the way you move your body, your like truly your own body, how you view view your body changes changes and transforms so powerfully. Yeah. Well, okay, Danita, where can people find you? Because I'm sure now some some of you are thinking, okay, line me up. Now, also, I need to say, Danita is. Part of when we every time I have um, group coaching, Danita's coming to facilitate a workshop on this because, like I said, I, I truly believe it's a pillar in healing. So I feel really grateful that you're coming into my community. But how can people find you otherwise? Um, I am gypsyheart.ca. You can also find me danitahardy.com and uh, Instagram profile at Gypsy Heart. Yeah. And you're launching a podcast soon. I'm launching a podcast, spring podcast launch, and we're going to be having a summer transformation starting June 1st. Yes. 
Okay, so I'll put all the info in the show notes. Thank you again. This was wonderful. And friends, hang in there. I know it's a lot. I know it's a lot, but you can do this. And let's let's let um, Danita be our guide and our inspiration on the daily. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> hey, beautiful women. If the tips and tricks I'm sharing here on the show are getting you inspired, excited about the possibility of feeling like yourself again, maybe it's time we hop on a call. Did you know I offer free 30-minute discovery calls to anyone being curious about my health coaching approach, but most importantly, anyone feeling like their time is now. If you're feeling like you've had enough, it's time to turn things around, well, let's chat. Find the link in the show notes and let's meet. The information shared on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't provide any medical advice. Vanessa Grotman does not cure, diagnose, or treat disease. Please consult your physician before trying any new protocol or product.